0: I mean, with an exception of the apparent God-gun-loving spy that has <laughs> released the worst information on the United States since the Civil War. In a gamer form. <laughs> other than that, other than that the story, this is the first hour of the uh, podcast. The first thing we take on is that story. And there's something wrong. And we have a guy who was in that role for a while. And he tells you how complex it is. There's something... Uh, that is dramatic that is missing from this story we have that uh and we kind of go into a good news friday am giving you all kinds of stories where the good guys win uh we're making progress and i think one of the best ideas to do good i think i've ever heard yeah really cool would you agree with that? Yeah, that's great. Uh, it's really—it's it's efficient as well. Yeah, I know. And a way to change people's lives quickly. Um, we, we go into all of that and so much more on today's podcast. Brought to you by Jace Medical. Do you have all the medicine you need? The U.S. relies on overseas for 18 out of our 21 critical antibiotics. Does that sound like a good idea? of our active pharmaceutical ingredients come from overseas. Like, on the other side of the planet. Like an enemy. Like the Chinese. We don't make medicines here. Okay, that's really dangerous. We should probably change that. Well, uh uh-huh. Nobody's working really on that, I don't think. Uh, But the Jace case from Jace Medical, they have a great way to keep yourself prepared for the worst. It is a pack of five different courses of antibiotics they can use to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses um and you keep them at home so you're not caught on a pair unprepared and you know you might have to ask for some of these things you might have to ask uh for the doctor to consult or they'll ask you we're gonna have a doctor consult on this one just to make sure that you got it all right jacemedical.com. They want to make sure your family is taken care of. So whether it's a long vacation or you just want to make sure that you have access to antibiotics, keep them at home. jacemedical.com j-a-s-e medical.com Enter the promo code BECK at checkout and get a discount on your order. Promo code BECK jacemedical.com You're
1: listening to the best of the Glen Beck program.
0: Jason joins us. Jason is the uh, head of um, research uh, for the broadcasts that I do, and uh, and also the uh, the guy who watches over. You know, global problems that have anything to do with the military. And the guy who has the most illegal search history in the entire <laughs> the company. Entire
1: and that includes Jeffy. Yeah. That's... <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah. You know, it's really scary when you say, you know, you research something and then you go by his office and he's sitting there. Dark room. And you're like, are you okay? And he's like, on the dark web. think I'm finding some really good stuff. Uh, that's probably not the right words. Good stuff on the dark web. Anyway, Jason is here because uh, yesterday the FBI arrests the National Guardsmen linked to the Pentagon Classified Documents leak. Now, I saw the pictures from the sky can we uh, let's see if they match what I saw because it didn't look like the FBI that looked a lot like uh army people
1: <laughs> mm. oh yeah
0: the vehicles certainly the vehicles are now it, when they were walking out they had like four rifles they were all in the camo what is that how our FBI dresses now do we just not are all norms gone? Now, I have to hand it to our FBI because this is this could have been anybody, anybody in the world. And they found him. OK, they found him this quickly. Mm. Congratulations. Now, they still don't know who leaked the Dobbs decision. And there's only 12 suspects there. Uh, but I'm sure they're working on it. I'm sure they're working on it now. I. Um, I brought Jason in because, Jason, you were in, and I hate to say it, military intelligence.
1: <laughs> That's correct.
0: Um, and you were in military intelligence. So you know this stuff.
2: Yeah. Okay. So tell us what he is accused of doing. So that. According to the New York Times. So there was that you know batch of classified documents that ended up on a Discord server, which gamers use to talk to each other while they play games um but it it was on this discord server and somehow it went from the discord server to eventually getting leaked out onto telegram places like that but these are my first thought was when i saw this break yesterday i'm like he's 21 years old he's a
0: national guardsman and he has access to these kinds of top secret
2: documents how's that possible so these kinds is very important to this story because when you look at the classified documents and yes, I do have a copy of the classified documents. <laughs> there's a I mean, I don't have a copy of this classified <laughs> It was him. <laughs> there's a at the top of it, it'll Somewhere, say. Somewhere like, Merrick
0: Garland is laughing right now. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Finally. <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> um On these classified documents it says top secret at the top, you know, um, and it also has like their special access program, SAP or sensitive compartmentalized information. So what that means is there's top secret, and then above that, if you get cleared, there's S. CI or SAP, which means you're read into certain things. Okay. So just because you have a top secret clearance, you can't just be like, hey, I want to know who really shot John F. Kennedy. It's got to be in there somewhere. You can't go searching for that type of stuff. Okay. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. He had access to this computer link. Yeah, so the computer, what, and this was this came out on the New York Times yesterday. It's been slow dip, drip, which is very odd, also from our mainstream media. But last night, on the New York Times, said that he pulled this information off of something called J-Wix, and that stands for Joint Worldwide Intelligence uh, Communication System. Okay. So basically, what that is is that's like that's like an internet service provider. That's like if you have your internet through Verizon or Comcast or something like that. So you can So on- it's a it's a secure line. Exactly. Okay, it's not a machine or anything. It's you plug your computer into a secure a J-Wix. line. Exactly. Okay. You can you can call on it. You can send okay. texts on it. You can send email on it. Okay. Now saying that he pulled it off a JWIX is like, Glenn, if you have Verizon at your house and they said, Well, Glenn got this information off of Verizon Wireless. <laughs> okay, can I have a little more context there? <laughs> Was it a text? Was it an email? Was he surfing for it on the internet? What? So Jwix so, is just the system. Okay, so if you got onto that system
0: though, does it have like a Google page at the front? You're like, Kennedy assassination, and it pops up the information. Uh, classified
2: details in Ukraine. No. And it popped... No. No, no, no. Okay. And I'm going to try and tell this with some context that I don't get arrested by an FBI SWAT team. But... um Oh, they're already here. They're, they're probably... by yeah, Let's you. look out yeah. there. Um, so, on they, that, they there's... They park out
1: front, so yeah, they're just kind of there all the time waiting. I've got a waiting. fast vehicle. Okay, I'm going to use it. it if I have to. Here's the
2: thing. This
0: is this is the honest truth. So, you know, when they come and haul them away, I'm on record saying this. I have nothing to do with this. No. <laughs> uh, Jason has worked for me for years and has never... Ever divert Not that you have a bunch of stuff, but you've never diverged or, or, or um, uh, divulged, uh, divulged any kind of classified information in any aspect of anybody's life.
2: And also the system is designed so that I really can't. Okay. The system is designed so that a 20 year old enlisted kid can't get his hands on everything and anything. It's designed that way. But what you're just describing, like, you know, go to a Google page, whatever, there is something on the Jwix called Intel Link. So Link is basically, that's like the, the internet, right? Or that's basically like com- the computers that are all linked together. There would, it, it'd be more, it's, I guess it's more like better to describe it as like an intranet. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a place where you can click on and there's like a group of things here. I mean, like that. Is there like a Wikipedia for <laughs> there secrets? There is, there is a Wikipedia. It's called Intellipedia. That's for top secret nerds to like say, basically they build like Wikipedia style pages. Okay, so wait, would this
0: National Guardsman, he is with the 102nd Intelligence Wing,
2: Uh, he's 21 years old. Would he have access to Intelli, Intellipedia? Yes. I think, yes, he would be able to access Intellipedia. I had this, I had a top secret SCI clearance, which is as high as it gets in the military. Um, I would be able to go into the SCIF, the facility Mm -hmm. where this stuff is at, and I could get onto a, I could get onto one of these terminals that's hooked up to, um, JWICS and I could go to Intellipedia if I wanted to, but the information is a lot more broad there. So it's just basically just a bunch of nerds being like, this is what we're seeing in Ukraine. This is what we think should happen. It's not like... It's not these documents. No, no. It's not, here are the locations of every single Western special forces team. That would be SCI or SAP. Meaning you have to be read into that. You have to have a special login to send that information to and from terminals on the j Let's
0: just say that, I don't know. The Capitol police were searching for something and they just happened to walk out of the room and it was there on the screen. <laughs> just any way
2: to get it on the screen. Could he print it or no. take a picture of it? He could take a picture of it. He could he could take a picture of it on the computer, but that's not what happened. He he printed it off and then took a picture so of it. So how could he you couldn't have printed it off in the skiff? There would be a you could, but there would be a record that someone printed that off in the skiff, in the skiff.
1: Okay. One of the re- ways they were, you know, one of the many ways they were able to identify this guy supposedly was that he printed them off, brought them home, put them on his counter, and then you could see it was the exact same counter that he had in other photos, right. like the counter in his kitchen. Yeah, and there, what what a, yeah, like, yeah. And, and there was a a reflection of the room yeah. and yeah.
0: things like that. Again, can't find the secretary no. of one of the 12 justices no, that can't. leaked that That's
2: Impossible. But they found out because they had a reflection of his furniture in his room. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. I tell you, I mean, th- see, this is the way the system worked back when I was in. I heard that they were trying to, like, modernize the J-Wick system. Um, as f- as, I think it started, like, last year, a couple years oh, ago. okay. So it's like Biden was involved. So modernize <laughs> so, it means, Chuck
0: leave it open.
2: <laughs> well, right. Well, I was, I was thinking, what, from what they were saying, they were trying to make it even more restrictive than when, when I was in. Hmm. like it was all going to be cloud based and a lot more like two factor authentication all these different things what what really irritated me about the New York Times piece last night was they didn't ask any of these questions they were just given an acronym and even the the what the acronym means and they said yeah just pull off jwix okay, okay so, all right so hang on a
0: <laughs> why would the new york times Feel the need to ask the government any questions,
2: <laughs> well, especially when they were probably given it. That's the here. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, they seem to have, you know, trusted their government sources for everything and been burned every time.
2: Yeah. As we find out it's false. Why would an editor say, did you ask
0: them these questions?
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's almost like they were just given a piece of paper and said, print this. That's the way it felt to me. If, if I'm at the New York Times and I'm actually curious about getting to the bottom of this, because I don't think we're getting the truce, the, the full story here at all. But I personally would have been like, okay, he got it off of J-Wix. How did he get it off of j Where was it at in j Was it in an email? Something that's called Icemail and in, in top secret email in j Was he reading someone's email? Did someone send him an ice mail? And this information was on it.
0: Not a definitely not an FBI agent. What is the full definitely not an FBI <laughs> definitely agent? Definitely not an uh. FBI agent. Whatever i say, not an FBI
2: agent. <laughs> Justice Department had nothing to do with this. I will say that FBI does have access to J-Wix, so I'll just put that out there. So does the DOJ. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not implying anything. They just okay. I'm just putting it out there. This is the best
0: of the glenbeck program. Ready, Stu? I'm ready. This is a good one. they are going to love this. A church in North Carolina has again unburdened thousands of families who were struggling. Trinity Moravian Church, I guess it is, in Winston-Salem bought up and canceled nearly $3.3 million in medical debt mm. belonging to 3,355 families. Wow. According to the dispatch, this is the second year the members of the church have taken part in the Debt Jubilee project, which assumes past due medical bills of residents in the area. Through the project, congregants previously purchased 1.65 million of debt, liberating 1300 people from the Forsyth and Davison counties. When an individual Fails to pay their outstanding medical bill. The medical company that is owned hires a debt collection agency. When the agency can't get the money in its collection uh, efforts, the debt is sold to third-party collection agencies. And these are the sharks. These are the ones that will hunt you down. And they pay pennies on the dollar uh, just to help recoup any loss. Okay. The dispatch indicated that these third-party agencies have a legal right to either collect or forgive the debts. In partnership with RIP Medical Debt in New York, the Debt Jubilee Project exercised its right to do the latter. Reverend John Jackman, the uh, pastor of the church said most of these families were making a go of it until somebody had to go to the hospital for a few days or to the doctor for some serious medical condition. We can't fix the system, so this is the best we can do. The Jubilee Project raised $15,000, and with that, we were able to go in and bid and buy $3,295,000 $863.64 Eight hundred and sixty-three dollars and sixty-four cents in medical debt in Davis County. On March twenty-six, the church held a ceremony. Some of the poorer folks that we deal with get medical bills of a thousand or three thousand, and it might as well be ten million. I think it's time we say that's forgiven. I think it's time for relief. You got to eat. You got to take care of your children. You got to do what you have to do just to live. So they got together in the church. They had a service. Then they took all of that debt and burned it in Jubilee. And then let everyone know, don't worry about that anymore. I think that's one of the greatest things I've ever heard. For... What was it? Fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen thousand dollars. Wow! For fifteen thousand dollars, they were able to buy 3 that million, much debt? Three million dollars worth of debt. Oh my gosh! Okay, so I, I'm going to put up the. This. I'm going to put up the first fifteen million or fifteen thousand. Mm.
1: Who will join me? Who will join me today? That's great. Because I've heard that. Like, uh, that you could buy debt cheaper. And I've heard some organizations doing this type of thing, but $15,000 will buy you millions of dollars in $3 debt? $3 million dollars in debt. Wow. This is, like, the last of the last. Yeah. So, this is
0: given to the guys who are like, go get them. Right. You know what I mean? The people that
1: harass you and yeah, say, hey. they're just yeah. the
0: worst of the worst. And if mm. you've ever had debt, um, you know, I've I've had debt. You know, when I was young, that had to be collected on, and then I had debt that wasn't mine. That these guys wouldn't leave me alone. That's the kind of people that you're dealing with here. You're getting, you're giving them freedom from that, and you know, this isn't deadbeat debt. This is
1: medical debt, right? And it has to be debt that they have, they, they know about. They know. Oh yeah. yeah, But I'm saying that they have no anticipation of ever collecting right to get that sort of price so these people are really at the end of the ropes and you're taking this away from them that's i mean that's incredible what a great what a great idea right now this of course will be criticized by the left they'll you know this this happened uh even mr beast had to get got criticized for this type of thing because this just shows that our system is so bad, and and it shows how evil our system is. Why don't we just have everyone have no debt? uh You know, no, you know, that is what they no will say.
0: somebody has to somebody has to pay. And when we can, I think this is a great thing for churches. When you can pay that, um let's pay it. You know, let's help each other. We've this again. This is the kind of stuff that I've been looking for. Who's who's going the extra mile in a unique way? just to help people in meaningful ways. These are the people who are probably the poorest of the poor. I mean, you have $1,000 of medical debt and you can't find a way to pay it off. You're the poorest of the poor. And and you're hassled and you're afraid to pick up the phone. And mm-hmm. I mean, this is great. This is great. Hats off to this, this church. Hats off. I think this is wonderful. Now, I went to RIP Medical Debt, And uh, I haven't had my researchers look into it
3: yet
1: to see, you know, I want to make sure it's not some... Before you guarantee a charitable donation, you may want to, just to make sure, no no knock on these people or anything. I think it sounds like a great idea, but you never know. Sounds great. Sounds absolutely great. But I want to make sure that
0: they are, um, you know, this isn't some woke front or, you know, something like that. I want to make sure this money is actually going and what's happening is actually happening uh so mm-hmm. join That's, me yeah join you should do me that before
1: you give any charitable donation by the way. always always even the ones that
0: we recommend a- even mine yeah mercury one check it out mm-hmm. make sure that it has you know the right ratings and uh you know that it's it's uh using your money to the the best uh here's what a guy he was a president of goldman sachs at one point before goldman sachs was bad or at least we knew where they were bad um <laughs> He said to me, I said, I don't know how to be charitable. I grew up in a poor family. I I, I I don't know how to do it. And I just don't want to just, you know, just slosh money around. I want to make sure it's going to the right things. And uh, um, he said, I look at uh, charitable funds as investments, but you're investing in people. So. What are the people you want to affect? What are you? Are you trying to get them an education? Are you trying to help feed them? What is it that you want to support? And then find the organizations that deliver the most amount of that dollar to the actual end recipient. Look at it as an investment. And I have. And that's what you should do when you're looking for, uh, charities who can get it to the person. That's one of the nice things about like give, send, go is it's, it's going right to the people because the people set it up. Um, but I think this is fantastic and I, I would, oh my gosh, can you imagine, you imagine how many, how many people that are struggling under, under debt, that this audience could relieve. How cool yeah. would it be to just be able to call these people and just say, "Hey,
1: forget about your debt." Imagine that. That would be great. That would be, be great. unbelievable. And if that, I wonder, you know, what market forces would be applied if you tried to do this on a mass scale, right? Like fifteen thousand dollars, maybe you can get the cheapest of the cheap. It's got to get more. The debts gets more expensive. The more likely they are to collect it, right? So you'd wonder if you put, they, if you try to buy a million dollars, would that have the same ratios? Probably not, but still, it would be do a lot of good for a lot of people. I have a feeling it it would. Um,
0: this organization, again, I don't know enough about it, but this organization, you know, they have uh, they have things like for here, Dallas Fort Worth, they have an eighty thousand dollar goal. Eighty two percent of it is raised for Dallas debt. Uh, Western uh, Michigan, uh, Athens, Clark County, Georgia. You can find the regions that you want to give to. And they have done millions and millions and millions of dollars. I, I think this is great. If.
1: They are indeed who they say they are. I'm sure there's some organization doing this well and right. And it may be this we'll, we'll check it. into it. And if it maybe if if this is the right one to we'll have somebody on about it to talk about it, I think it will be interesting to. I think a lot of people want to do good for people without, you know, all the n- nonsense. You know, it, I think a lot of these these causes that are out there, it scares people away from giving their charitable dollars because they see how many of these things they've given to in the past that turn out to be doing things that, you know, you don't want uh, you don't want to be associated with. Right. So hopefully, this hopefully is, this is clean. Yeah.
0: Hopefully but, this is clean. Yeah. But we'll see. Cause once we call them and say, Hey, our audience <laughs> that, wants to help. That, uh, we don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, it's always a good indication. We don't want your money. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll know right away. But again, this North Carolina church, fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Yes, sick, twisted freak. Let's get right to some good news. Dr. Jeffrey uh, Barrows is with us. He is an amazing guy. He serves as the senior vice president of bioethics and public policy for Christian medical and dental associations. Uh, he is an obstetrician gynecologist. Uh, he is a guy who um, left, you know, daily practice to uh, work with mei which is medical educational international for christian medical and dental association he was the director there for forever um he founded later grace haven uh, an organization assisting victims of domestic minor sex trafficking in ohio he served as the member of the technical working group on health and human trafficking under the department of health and human services um he's an amazing guy and He's ethical. And so when his state said, you have to do, I don't care if you're Christian or not, you have to assist people in suicide. He said no. And he and another doctor, I believe it was Dr. Lacey, um, took them to court. And by their side is somebody else who's going to be on the phone with us. It's um, Chris Chandevelle. He is the Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel. They won the case. You need to hear about it. Doctor and Chris, welcome to the program.
3: Well, good morning, Glenn. Thank you for having me on. It's great to be with you this morning. Thank you. So, so um,
0: Doctor, tell me what you would have been or people like you would have been forced to do had this not been turned over.
3: Well, I first need to slightly correct you in that New Mexico is not my state. I actually live in Ohio, but I was part of CMDA, and we have many members, including Dr. Lacey, in New Mexico. Okay. And if this law had taken place and we had not filed the lawsuit with the help of ADF, our members would have been, first of all, required to tell their patients who they considered as being terminal, maybe having six months or less, less to live, about the option of assisted suicide. And then even if they personally disagreed with it, they were required to make an effective referral if that patient did request assisted suicide. So we're very thankful that the lawsuit uh, was successful in encouraging and getting the New Mexico legislature to change the law and the governor sign it into law. And uh, it's a it's, as you said, a very big win for our members there in New Mexico. I, I have to
0: tell you, um, I mean, I, I don't understand why doctors can't have their own belief and say, no, you know what? I, I, I can't do that. I'm really sorry. But if you, you know, want to do that, you'll have to go to another doctor and you can find them. They're out there. Why you're required to you know, name another doctor that they can go to when you so strongly religiously believe that it is wrong. And if I'm not mistaken, and I forgive me if I am, but I understand that you have a terminal illness that you've been battling. Is that true?
3: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a little over a year ago, I was given the diagnosis of stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I have made the point that if I lived in New Mexico, my doctor would have been required to tell me about assisted suicide at the same time of giving me that same diagnosis. And I can tell you, being in the patient's position, that would have been devastating to me. I mean, it's hard enough to hear the diagnosis of stage four cancer. And, and you're wondering, all kinds of things are going through your mind. How long am I going to live? Uh, am I going to be able to beat this? And then to have the doctor go on and say, "By the way, here is an option for you. You can go ahead, and we'll help you kill yourself." That is that is totally the wrong thing to tell a patient at that time. Much less make a physician or healthcare professional say that to a patient.
0: So it's not just though about the the, the medical um, profession is becoming to me extraordinarily frightening because. I'm, you know, a student of history. I look back at what we're repeating and through eugenics and all of the things that happened here in America uh, and in Germany. Once you start to devalue life, once you start to say, hey, maybe we can kill the young and the elderly because they don't have a life worth living. It goes awry quickly. And so it's it, it is not just about that one patient that you don't have to help kill um but it is also i hope uh drawing a line in the sand that says physicians first do no
3: harm exactly you're exactly right glenn because we have lost the overall purpose of medicine which for millennia has been to heal the patient not to kill the patient but to heal the patient and if they suffer from a, a terminal disease, to help them uh, as much as possible to limit the suffering, to come alongside them, to support them, but never, ever should we be hastening that death. And this is exactly where medicine is going, unfortunately, across many areas of the country. So we're very thankful again for the help of ADF and for the uh, New Mexico legislature listening to this uh, lawsuit and recognizing the importance of of uh of looking and accepting the conscientious rights of healthcare professionals
0: chris chandeville is um senior counsel for uh, adf that's alliance defending freedom um you are fighting a battle just like this now in california aren't you
4: we are we are glenn thanks so much for having me on so so what we saw in new mexico um is actually it's very unique um you know oftentimes when when these laws are passed legalizing assisted suicide uh, what we've seen in state after state is that um, the so-called safeguards that are supposed to be put in place yeah. um, and, and even protections for um, cautious, uh beliefs um, number one they they don't last and they don't work uh, and so california is a really good example of that, so that when they first passed their law, they did put in um, so-called protections for medical professionals like Dr. Barrows, uh, but it wasn't too long after that that they amended their law to take away those protections, thus prompting our lawsuit. So we're we're really thrilled and excited uh, by what we saw happen in New Mexico. Probably uh, one of the first, maybe the first times that we've seen a law like this get amended uh, in a positive direction. So we're really hopeful that not only are we going to start stemming the tide of this wave of legislation across the country, but that we might even be able to start uh, turning that tide as, as people learn more about what's actually at stake with these laws.
0: Doesn't this also kind of bleed over into the push now to have all, do- all doctors, no matter what their, uh, their religious belief, they've got to uh, participate in some way or another in abortions?
4: Absolutely. I, I think it's a part of this broader push to really weaponize the medical uh, profession to advance a radical, uh, a radical political agenda, whether that's with end-of-life issues as we're discussing today, whether that's at the beginning of life uh, with uh, forced participation in abortion, uh, whether that's with um, sex change surgeries and, and all of the procedures that go along with that, that doctors are being now told that they have to participate in uh, as the price of practicing medicine. And what Dr. Barrows and the other doctors that we represent are, are standing up and saying is that, you know, the medical profession is supposed to be about helping and healing people. It's not supposed to be about hurting uh, and killing people uh, as this radical agenda proposes. And, and again, we're just thrilled that we're already starting to see victories on the ground like we saw in New Mexico. And, and we're very optimistic that as, as more people learn that that is, that these laws are going to drive good, excellent doctors like Dr. Barrows um, out of the medical profession, um, that people are going to stand up and say, you know, we're not, we're not going to allow that to happen here in America.
0: So Dr. Barrows, let me ask you, I, I'm so concerned at what's happening in Canada because they're just ahead of us and they're already having physicians assist suicide for depressed teenagers. It's, it's crazy what's going on up there. Um, but it's not just the law Uh, That is doing it. There is this push in medicine, especially at the the uh, the school level, our universities uh, that are teaching our next doctors are discriminating on, you know, uh, gender care. If you disagree with any of this woke stuff, you're going to have a harder time getting in. So we're spoiling the next group of doctors that are going to replace you. Is there? Is there any battle, real significant battle and pushback to this stuff in, the, in education?
3: Well, Glenn, you're, you're again hitting a very important point. Not only has Canada crossed into the provision of assisted suicide to younger people, but they've also crossed the threshold into euthanasia which is what we want to avoid here in the United States at all costs. But especially in regards to what you were talking about with Chris and training in OBGYN or for medical students, it's one thing for a practicing physician who has established themselves and they've got a practice to be able to refuse to engage in either assisted suicide or an abortion. It's quite another when you are a a senior medical student or a first-year resident in obstetrics and gynecology, where you're being put in a position where you're told you have to assist in an abortion. And and what student has the ability to understand my whole education could be threatened if I refuse. And this is what we're seeing happening more and more across the country in all kinds of medical education scenarios and frankly we're quite worried for our students and residents and yeah. trying to look for ways to be able to protect them. Yeah.
0: Anything we can do to help you, let us know. Um, uh, Dr. Barrows, thank you for everything you've done, and thanks for helping stand up, and congratulations, and thanks to Dr. Lacey as well. And if you would like to help um, in this fight, ADFlegal.org, they could always use donations. ADFlegal.org. Find the thing that you're passionate about and go in deep. Help them stand against this real Evil that is going to last a generation already. If we don't stop it, it it's uh, it's just dark stuff ahead. Adl, uh, sorry, adflegal.org.
3: Na, 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 na.